cracking, everybody? Welcome back, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode number 27 of the What's Cracking podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Harrelson, a.k.a. Zombie Chris, a.k.a. The Vanilla Thrilla. Coming to you today on Wednesday, July 20th, 2016, and we have a lot of ground to cover today, guys. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world of comic books, TV shows, and movies. I've got some appearances to let you know about and new client additions to the roster at my company, Heroes on Hand Convention Services. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff to get through today, guys, but... First of all, um, out of respect, and because the news is still so fresh, we have to say goodbye to one of the greatest entertainers the world has ever known, writer, director, producer, actor, all-around extremely talented individual, and by all accounts, incredible fellow, Mr. Gary Marshall. Of course... Mr. Marshall has been a force in Hollywood for five decades. He's been involved with some of the biggest TV shows and movies of our time. As a comedic writer, director, and producer, I really can't think of anybody else who comes close. Maybe Norman Lear when it comes to contributions to TV. Um, But, yeah, where to start with Gary Marshall, I guess, uh, for the... the, um, the show that he is synonymous with. Um, Of course, he was the creator of the outstanding, long-running 70s and 80s sitcom, Happy Days. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Happy Days. Thursday, Friday, Happy Days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, it can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. Watching Happy Days almost every single day after school. When I was a kid, I lived in a rural part of Georgia, which isn't very rural now, but when I was living there, it was nothing but fields as far as you could see. Um, and, you know, a house every fucking half mile and a bunch of trees. But uh, we got, what, you know, like five TV stations back then. We definitely didn't have cable. We had the antenna TV with the uh, turn knobs, you know, you would turn the knob to change the channel, and we only got like five TV stations, and only like two or three of them came in well, and one of them showed Happy Days every single day, so growing up in the early 80s, I guess this was the mid-80s by that point, I was fascinated with the culture of like 50s and 60s America. 
mostly because of the show Happy Days. And of course, my parents grew up in that era during the 60s, so in the car I would hear a lot of the same music that I heard on the show Happy Days, so that was a big part of my childhood. I was a huge fan of Ron Howard, of course, before I knew that he had been in uh, the Andy Griffith Show and before I knew that he had become a director. When I was a kid, my... um. You know, my relationship with Ron Howard was just watching him as Richie Cunningham on Happy Days. And I loved that show, man. I loved uh, all the characters from the Fonz, even when they brought in Chachi. I loved Ralph Mouth. He was the man. Uh, Potsy was funny as shit. But that's all thanks to Mr. Gary Marshall. He is credited as the creator of Happy Days, uh, which ran for 255 episodes from 1974 to 1984. Uh, he also wrote two episodes of that. He was a prolific writer with 38 credits, according to his IMDb page. Um, but as a producer, he brought so many uh, TV shows to life. He was the creator of the original Odd Couple show in the 60s. Um, I think that was in the 60s, or maybe it was 1970. Um, Love American Style... Um, Yep, a couple was 1970. 114 episodes from 1970 to 1975. He wrote seven episodes of that. Um, he created Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, Joni Loves Chachi, The New Odd Couple, which wasn't as big of a hit, but it uh, pushed barriers because it was a black, uh, you know, an African-American version of the, uh, of the Odd Couple. So he was, uh, you know, in the forefront with trying to bring um, black actors to... Um, starring roles on TV, um, but that's just his TV credits, guys. If we go to his credits as a director, I mean, you guys know all the movies that he's done. Um, Frankie and Johnny, Dear God, Exit to Eden, The Princess Diaries, Princess Diaries 2, um, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day. Um, uh, he, he directed Mother's Day, which filmed in Atlanta. I had a lot of friends who worked on that movie. Um, and, of course, number one... Um, 1990s Pretty Woman. Just a tremendous legend in the world of TV and film. It's hard to think of a person who was more influential on the sitcom genre or the modern romantic comedy. And, uh, yeah, it's just a sad day uh, to lose somebody like that who had such an impact in an industry that means so much to me. So, Mr. Gary Marshall, thank you so much for all of your work through your decades in Hollywood. You were a legend, and again, by all accounts, just a great person, and uh, the world is less funny without you in it. Now, on to a little bit of lighter subject matter. A week from today, I will be on the beach with my family for our family vacation and I am super stoked, guys. I do a lot of traveling, obviously. I do a lot of convention appearances and stuff. But A, that's business, so you're, not, you're in a different mindset than when you're on vacation. And B, like I'm usually working. I don't have a lot of time to go uh, hang out and relax and stuff. I do try to get to the beach whenever I'm near it. But uh, yeah, we're heading down there next Tuesday for five days of... Well, I was about to say relaxation, but... Uh, my daughter turns four next week, and my son is one and a half, and he's an absolute animal. So I don't know how much relaxation is going to be taking place, but it's going to be super cool to be at the beach and the pool and to not have to uh, work or worry about anything around the house. So 
I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, my daughter turns four next Saturday while we're at the beach. And, um, yeah, we're going to do whatever she wants on her birthday. I told her there's a water park down there. Uh, we can go hang out at the ocean. We can go to the pool. I think there's go-karts that we can go drive and stuff. There's a, lo- there's a lot of stuff to do. So on her birthday, we can do whatever she wants. And then uh, we're heading back that Sunday. And then the very next day, uh, my daughter starts pre-K, uh, which is going to cause some changes in my life. And those changes will have an effect on this podcast and its frequency. So let me explain a little bit about what's going on. Uh, my daughter and son go to a really great daycare that is at my wife's work. And uh, they do a great job with the kids. They've been there since my daughter was one, so like for three years. And we love it there. But this fall, she moves up, well, in like a week and a half, she moves up to the pre-K class which in the state of Georgia is thankfully uh, free because it is funded by the degenerates that play the state lottery. Um, and I'm just joking about that. Like, we buy, uh, you know, lotto tickets or whatever, you know, when it gets really high. But, yeah, it's, uh, if, if you don't have kids, daycare is fucking expensive. Like, it's crazy, guys. What we, I mean, I don't need to get into exact numbers, but, like, what we pay for our two kids to go to daycare Like, we could both be driving dope luxury cars, flashing bling all over the place. Like, this motherfucker is serious. It's expensive. But we have free pre-K in Georgia as part of the Georgia state school system. Again, it's funded by the lottery. So, by her moving up to pre-K, we don't have to pay for her to go to school anymore. Uh, We have to pay, like, a lunch meal. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's, it's free. It's paid for by the lottery. So... That means, but with that, uh, her school schedule changes. So my son goes to daycare, and currently my daughter, every day that the building is open for my wife's uh, work, which is pretty much every fucking day except for, like, Christmas, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, like, big holidays. But other than that, they're not on, like, they don't have school breaks and all that stuff. Well, um, you know, they go to school from, like, 8 in the morning, actually, like, 7.30 to 8.00. Uh, until like 5.30 or 6 p.m. when my wife gets off work. She goes downstairs, picks them up, and brings them home. But now that my daughter's in the free pre-K, her school day is from like 8.15 a.m. until 3 p.m. And my wife doesn't get off work at 3 p.m., so that means every day I'm going to have to pick her up now, Monday through Friday, and my son, because there's no reason to drive down there and bring her home and just leave his ass at school for my wife to get after work. So uh, starting in a week and a half, like when we get back from vacation... I will be having to leave to pick them up from school every day, and then I'll have them, you know, for the rest of the day until my wife gets home, which is good and bad for different reasons. It's good because I think my kids are in school way too long right now. Like, they get there at 7.30 or 8 in the morning. They're there till 5.30 or 6 in the afternoon. That's a long day to be in school, guys. It's, it's a long fucking day. I knew it was for me. I liked being at home. Um, and it, it leads to things being rushed a lot of the times when they get home because, you know, but with traffic and stuff, sometimes they don't get home till like, you know, 6.45, 7 o'clock at night, and they're little kids. They don't stay up late, so we have to, like, eat dinner really quickly and then bathe them and then go right to bed. Basically, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a long day for them, and they have a lot of shit that they have to cram into short time spans. But now that they'll be home at 3.30 every day, 
they'll be able to relax a little bit, you know, do homework, uh, study, watch TV, play, whatever, and I can go ahead and bathe them and feed them before my wife even gets home, so we're not doing all that shit, like trying to cram everything into an hour or whatever at the end of the day, so it's going to be good for them in that respect. It's going to be good for my wife because she'll only have to take them in the morning. She won't have to worry about being in the car with them in the afternoon when they're cranky and stuff a lot of the times at the end of the day. Um, she can stay late at work if she needs to without having to rush downstairs to get them. She can go out with friends after work if she needs to, whatever. So it's going to be good for her and it's going to be good for the kids for their overall routine. But beyond the normal school day, my daughter's going to be on like the regular Georgia school schedule, meaning uh, you know, they're off for like two weeks at Christmas time, off for like three or four days at Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a lot more breaks, you know, teacher school days and shit. There's a lot more off days uh, in the regular school calendar. So my normal work day consists of me, you know, seeing them off in the morning at like 7 o'clock. Then I fucking start my day. I come to the office upstairs. I start working. And I work basically until like 5 p.m. when I go downstairs and start cooking dinner for the evening. Uh, now I'm losing, obviously, like three hours a day um, out of my routine to go pick the kids up and be here with them. So that means I have less time to accomplish my actual work that I need to get done. That means I won't be able to do uh, as many acting jobs and stuff because I need to be with the kids every single day, Monday through Friday. So it's going to change a lot of things uh, in my life. And I'm going to have to change some things in my life to accommodate that. And one of those changes that is going to have to be made, unfortunately, is that I will no longer be able to put out this podcast on a weekly basis. I just don't have the time, guys. There's just not going to be time. I, uh, I need to use those hours. I mean, if I'm losing three hours a day, that's 15 hours a week that I'm losing in productivity. It takes me about three hours every Wednesday to record this podcast, to mix it all together, and to get it out and stuff like that. And uh, frankly, that's just not time that I'm going to have anymore to be able to devote to this. I'm running my business, Heroes on Hand Convention Services, and we have added some great new clients recently. And I'm booking our uh, clients for a good number of events, and that requires a lot of my time. Also, I mean, while I'm here every day, I do shit around the house. I mean, I do laundry. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pause this in just a second. You probably won't even notice it because i got to go put some fucking sheet laundry in downstairs. So I have like a normal house, uh, weekly you know, routine that I do around the house. And there's just not going to be time for this anymore, guys. Um, I'm already, like, rushed to put it out anyway. And I find myself doing things like rushing to read my comics on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning so that I can talk about them. When comics are a hobby, like, I shouldn't be trying to force read them to get them out for the podcast. If I fall a week behind or whatever, that's no big deal. I can catch up in a week. But, I feel like, I have to do it all to get it on the podcast. So I already don't have enough time in my life to do everything that I need to do. And with this new uh, change that's going to take place in a week and a half, um, yeah, there just won't be time for any of that anymore, guys. So, unfortunately, this will be my last weekly podcast because next Wednesday I'll be on the beach. I'm definitely not recording while I'm on vacation with my family. So, I think I'm going to have to make it a monthly event, guys. I'm going to have to have, like, one podcast a month that is a longer podcast, not, like, 45 or 50 minutes. Like, it'll be long, like, probably an hour and a half or two hours Hopefully that will give me time to talk to some guests at conventions and I can mix in their interviews, uh, you know, if I have a whole month to do it. Instead of reviewing individual comics like I've been doing on a weekly basis, I'm just going to give you, like, my thoughts and recommendations on books that you should be reading, like, overall thoughts, not breaking down each issue. Uh, same thing with, like, TV shows and stuff. There just won't be enough time to get into everything if it's a weekly or if it's a monthly show instead of weekly, and I think that's what's going to have to happen. I wish that wasn't the case, but... 
you know, the reality of it is, uh, you know, bills got to be paid and stuff. And I love doing this podcast. I love talking to everybody, and I love, you know, the interaction. But it doesn't generate revenue, and my clients, uh, I mean, I can have them on here as guests, but there's not, you know, this isn't like a worldwide show. It's not like a, a, show, a convention promoter in Alaska is listening to this podcast and going, oh, shit, I need to book that client. Like, anyone who's listening to this podcast probably already knows about my business anyway, so it's not like it's an actual outreach tool in that regard, and it doesn't generate revenue. Um, that's not why I'm doing it. Like, that's not why I started doing the podcast. I didn't do it to build it into something that made me money. I just enjoy doing it. But, unfortunately, now things have changed a bit. So, that's a really long-winded way of me saying that I'm really sorry. But, um, you know, keep an eye on the What's Cracking Facebook page and Twitter feeds. And maybe I'll be able to guest on other podcasts if I have more time. So, we'll definitely be letting you know through the Droids Canada Network and, you know, reaching out to you through all their programs to let you know about the exact change. But from from here on out, it looks like it's going to be a monthly show. And I will get back to you very soon and let you know exactly what form that's going to take place. If it's like the first Wednesday of every month or, you know, if it drops on, you know, the first of every month or whatever it is. But, yeah, guys, there won't be a podcast next week and probably not one for about four weeks after this. But I'll keep you updated. Let's talk about movies a little bit. Some good shit going on over at iTunes this week, guys. Uh, I guess the big digital release this week is Keanu. I haven't seen that, but it's the Key and Peele movie. I definitely will be seeing that. Not sure if I'm going to download it this week or not, but that's the new big release. Uh, only $14.99 this week on iTunes. But uh, this week, iTunes has a really good category on sale. Under $10 in HD, Heroes and Fighters. And the first movie on this list is... My recommendation for the week, they got Deadpool for only $9.99. That's a good deal. It's a fucking awesome movie. So if you haven't seen Deadpool, A, what's wrong with you? B, it's only $9.99 on iTunes. Go get that shit. You can watch it wherever you want as long as you got Apple TV or, you know, whatever, another viewing device. Uh, so Deadpool's my pick of the week at $9.99. There are some other really good movies on here under $10. Zombieland, Kingsman, Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, looks like the uh, Incredible Hulk, so the one with Edward Norton, not um, not Eric Bana. Um, Looper, that's pretty good. Batman Begins, X-Men Days of Future Past, Hellboy, Sherlock Holmes, Wolverine, The Extended Cut. That's a good movie. If you've never seen The Wolverine, that shit's good. Superman the movie, The Matrix, uh, all four original Batman movies. Batman Returns, Batman, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, uh, Superman 2, and the original Spider-Man. So they got some other things thrown in there as well, but those are the ones that uh, I like own and that I would recommend. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that the four Batman movies aren't a little bit cheaper, like the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher films. I, I feel like they could do like a $4.99 special or like a $19.99 package deal on those. But, you know, they're all for $9.99, and for the first two movies, you know, Batman Batman Returns, that's pretty good. So those are my iTunes picks of the week. Moving on to TV news, guys. We have an update on the upcoming seventh season of Game of Thrones.
restore your dead to life. But perhaps I can give you justice in the name of our king. It appears that there will be some changes in the filming schedule for Game of Thrones and that those changes will affect the airing schedule as well. So I think most of us are accustomed to Game of Thrones premiering in April. It usually comes on like right after The Walking Dead is over, we shift into Game of Thrones, which is pretty fucking great timing if you ask me. But Season 7 will be airing in summer, and it's also only going to be seven episodes for the first half of it, so it sounds like season seven is probably going to be 13 episodes, and they're going to show seven episodes next summer, and then six episodes the following year, kind of how they broke up uh, Breaking Bad in its final season. Um, yeah, they like to do these types of things, but the reason for the shift to a summer premiere date instead of spring is to accommodate the filming schedule. Now that Winter has arrived on the show. They are going to delay the filming a couple of months until it gets closer to the winter months because they want some of that, you know, that bleak uh, gray, you know, look in the skies and stuff on the show. They want actual fucking snow. So uh, yeah, they're going to have to uh, shift the the filming schedule by a couple months, which is going to delay the um, premiere of season seven. But that's not entirely horrible news because there's not a lot of great shit on TV in the summer times. That's when a lot of Networks try out new shows or just show hot-ass Sunday evenings next summer when we don't have The Walking Dead still. So guessing six the year after that to close it all out. So that's our Game of Thrones date for today. Moving on to another show that I've just started watching. Has anybody else caught this show, The Ranch, on Netflix? It is the show with Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson and Sam Elliott where Ashton Kutcher... Uh, comes back home to live on his family's ranch in Colorado. He's basically a failed semi-pro football player and uh, comes back home to live with his older brother and dad and help them around the farm. Uh, it's a pretty good show. I wasn't sure after the first episode. I, you know, it seems like it can't decide if it wants to be a comedy or... I mean, it, it's definitely a comedy. But it's also got some, like, serious issues that it, you know, tackles kind of and some uh, serious you know, uh, scenes that you wouldn't expect out of a typical comedy, but since it's on Netflix, it's not a typical comedy. It's not that 70s show or Two and a Half Men or anything like that. It's different, so they don't have to play with the conventional uh, sitcom setup. Obviously, there's no commercials in it, which I love. It helps the show flow a lot better, and they do some weird things with lighting in the show, uh, and I saw an interview, with, or read an interview with Ashton Kutcher where he said, you know, if you look at sitcoms, they're always lit up like a, a stage play. And he's like, that's not like real life. People don't have these bright-ass, and I'm paraphrasing now, but, you know, people don't have bright-ass lights in their homes and stuff like that. You know, we're going to light it with lamps and stuff like people normally light uh, their house. And so, yeah, it's got a different aesthetic look to it, um, but it's pretty good, guys. I think I'm like four episodes in, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, they say it's a 20-episode first season, but it's split up into... Uh, there are 10 episodes on Netflix now, and then I guess there's another 10 coming this fall. But, yeah, if you haven't checked out The Ranch, give it a shot. I think it's worth uh, 28 minutes of your time to check out the first episode and see if you want to continue with it. Um, Danny Masterson does a great job. Ashton Kutcher is likable, and, you know, he's a pretty skilled actor. And Sam Elliott and Deborah Winger are probably my favorite part of the show. They are the parents who are still married but don't live together but still kind of hooking up. And, uh, yeah, it's a good show. Check that out if you got that Netflix. And now let's check out what's going on in the world of comics. 
Last week, uh, in my pull list at Titan Games and Comics, I got Action Comics number 959, Detective Comics number 936, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth number one. That's a one-shot issue. They'll be starting the uh, actual series, I think, this week. Uh, We got Nightwing Rebirth number one and The Flash number two. I have read all of those comics except for The Flash number two. I haven't had a chance to get to that today. I'm sure I'll probably get to that yet. I'm sure I'll probably do it later today after this is recorded. But, um... Yeah, these were all really good books. I enjoyed every single one of them, so let's just go ahead and go through them. And, uh, yeah, we're going to start with Action Comics number to the Smallville TV show, Save Me by Remy Zero. I always liked that song. That's pretty good. I liked that show, too. I got I caught on with Smallville pretty late. Like, I think I watched the season five premiere uh, when he threw the crystal and the um, Fortress of Solitude kind of erupted from the ground, and I was like, shit, why have I not been watching this show? And I went back and watched, like, all four seasons with the quickness. But, uh, and that was, like, before DVR and shit. I mean, you had DVR, actually, but you didn't have, like, on-demand and stuff, so it wasn't as easy to watch all the seasons back then. But, yeah, Smallville was a good one. But anyway, uh, moving on to Action Comics number 959, written by Dan Jurgens with excellent artwork by Tyler Kirkham. Now, I like Tyler Kirkham, and I, uh, really like his work in this book, but something kind of jumped out at me in this issue, um... It looks like there's a pretty heavy Jim Lee influence in Mr. Kirkham's work, and I've not noticed that before, but specifically with Tyler's work on uh, Superman in this issue, there's just something that's like a Jim Lee vibe to me, uh, so I wonder if he if that was one of his inspirations, like when he was growing up and drawing art. Like, I am not a good artist at all, but I used to draw like my own comics when I was a kid, and my work was modeled after uh, the Archie comics artists. Uh, so all my work had those types of eyes and facial features and hair and stuff like that. So I wonder if Tyler Kirkham, uh, you know, studied a lot of Jim Lee. But this book uh, picks up right where the last issue left off. Superman and uh, Super Lex are still fighting Doomsday. And uh, Jonathan is asking his mom why he can't watch it on TV. He's like, Dad, or Mom, I want to watch Dad. Um, you know, you said he fought Doomsday before and Dad's still alive, so Dad must have won, Right. Um, the flaw in that argument is that Doomsday is still alive as well. So, now, I don't know if this Jonathan knows that it's a different Doomsday or not, but, you know, that is the flaw in that argument, young one. Um, but yeah, we got Superman and Lex battling it out with Doomsday, uh, with TV cameras showing the whole thing. Uh, we've got Clark Kent standing next to Jimmy Olsen, and Jimmy's like, Clark, why aren't you helping? Like, we all know that you're Superman. What's your problem? And he says, Jimmy, I'm not Superman. Look, that's Superman over there. I'm Clark Kent. I don't know who this Clark Kent is either. Now, maybe it's uh, something that dates back to the end of the New 52 run, but I don't fucking get where this guy came from. But I'm, I'm thinking that's still supposed to be a mystery to all of us. But uh, Clark falls when the street collapses, and looks like he breaks his arm. 
And so how can he be Superman, right, if he breaks his arm? So we have Clark down in the sewers talking to Superman, and it's pretty confusing. Like, Superman's like, look, I don't know who you are, but we're definitely going to talk about this later. But right now i got to kick some ass with this Doomsday fella. Um, so Superman, uh, you know, gets the better of Doomsday for a second, throws him out of the way, and they're fighting in the sewers because they tried to get Doomsday away from the rest of the crowd. Uh, Superman tells Lex... Look, uh, you don't know what Doomsday is capable of, and I do, so you really need to listen to me. Your priority right now is to get these people out of harm's way and let me deal with the creature. Uh, Lex uh, relents grudgingly, but he allows Superman to do his thing, and Lex gets Clark out of the hole and uh, goes to clear the area, get all the people out of the way, um, gets all the people onto a transit bus to get them out of the area, so Lex uh, looks like he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, There's a weird panel here where Clark says to Lex, um, you know, or, well, Lex is basically telling Clark, like, look, if you're, you know, putting on, you're putting on this act of being a reporter, because Lex is basically accusing him of being Superman, because everyone thinks they're one and the same. And the guy says, no, I am Clark Kent. But this panel's drawn in a weird way with him poking Lex in the chest with his left hand, which is uh, on the arm that was broken and that he was holding earlier in the issue. So I don't know if that means his arm is fixed again or what. Um... But the issue ends in quite dramatic fashion. Superman is blasting Doomsday with all the heat vision that he can muster. And uh, Doomsday reaches over and rips open a gas line, causing a massive explosion. Um, Now instead of a small hole in the street where Superman and Doomsday had crashed through round to fight, there is a massive crater with buildings that have tumbled, um, you know, and, and, you know, reminiscent of 9-11, which I guess every time we see buildings tumbling now, that's what people think. Um... But the, the issue ends with a creature stepping out, uh, well, a shadow stepping through the, uh, the dust. And um, Clark's saying, Superman, where are you? Is that you? And of course it's not. It's fucking Doomsday who steps out and looks like he's about to bash the shit out of Clark Kent. But of course, that's where the issue ends. So we'll have to wait two weeks to pick up there. Um, but I'm really loving the storyline. It's moving along quickly, especially uh, since the books are being released twice a month. So, great job on the writing by Dan Jurgens and tremendous artwork by Mr. Tyler Kirkham. Um, next on deck, we got Batman Detective Comics number 936. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Comics number 936, written by James Tinian IV, and with artwork by Alvaro Martinez, and Raul Fernandez, and Brad Anderson. 
I really like this issue, guys. Uh, Batman basically doesn't appear in it. I mean, we see uh, the crew watching him getting his ass beat on uh, video by the uh, by the gang that surrounded him at the end of the last issue. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, guys. Um, run, this podcast is already running a little bit long. But, basically, we have Robin and Batwoman and Spoiler and Clayface all getting together to figure out what the fuck they need to do uh, to rescue Batman from the clutches of this gang. Uh, Batwoman brings in a specialist, her dad, Colonel Kane, and Colonel Kane um, looks like he's trying to get the troops in gear to go uh, rescue Batman, but things change. Of course, there's a twist in the middle of the book. It turns out that Colonel Kane is in charge of this force that has descended upon the Belfry and has surrounded our heroes. Um, They finally get out at the end. They escape, but not before... Colonel Kane and his forces have accessed the back computer and taken control of the Belfry. So, obviously, this dude isn't a good guy. Now, he says, uh, he tells his daughter, Batwoman, that they have both been shaped by Batman, but they went in different ways. Uh, she wanted to be trained by him. Uh, her father, on the other hand, wanted to militarize Batman's skill set, basically. He uh, has trained a group of soldiers to um, battle as Batman does. And he wants to take Batman's tactics to the battlefield. And he says there's a larger war that they're fighting rather than street-level criminals in Gotham. He's like, look, we're not worried about crime. We're worried about war. Um, But at the end of the issue, our heroes escape thanks to a sweet little move by Clayface that's kind of reminiscent of uh, Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy where he envelops them all in in his branches or whatever. Clayface kind of sucks everybody in um, and they escape through a hatch in in the floor. So... Uh, we have our heroes on the run. Batman is still in the clutches of the enemy, and the enemy is being controlled by Batwoman's dad. So, I really like where this book's going with the team-up angle, bringing in new characters, new threats, and tying them into the characters that we already know and like is a very good move on Mr. Tinian's part. So, a really good artwork throughout the entire book. Nice pacing through it in the writing, and uh, yeah, I'll be reading this. You know, from here on out, it's a good story. This week also saw the release of Green Lantern, or Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, Rebirth Number 1, written by my friend Robert Venditti and drawn by the incomparable Ethan Van Syver. Uh, he's my favorite artist working in comics today, and he's definitely my favorite Green Lantern artist. I think he does the best work out there, and he's been on the Green Lantern books for fucking ever, it seems like. But Robert Vendetti is an awesome storyteller. Uh, Ethan Van Syver is a tremendous artist. And their work together on this book is absolutely fantastic. Uh, this is one of the creative teams that I was most looking forward to in the DC Rebirth. And they've knocked it out of the park. Uh, we have Hal Jordan basically forging a new Green Lantern ring out of pure will. And apparently this is the first time that anyone other than the Guardians have forged a Green Lantern ring. At least that's what we're told by Hal. And I believe that holds true in the storyline. So I'm not going to break it down and get into it, but I'll just say, look, if you like comic books, if you like good writing, and if you like fantastic fucking artwork, check out Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. It's phenomenal. We also saw Nightwing making his return to his own monthly book. I mean, there was the Grayson book in the New 52 where he was, uh, you know, Dick Grayson like super spy, but now he's taken on the mantle of Nightwing again. And uh, I'm fucking super stoked about this book, guys. It's awesome. Uh, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't remember the creative team on it, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Maybe Kyle Higgins wrote it. Fucking can't remember. 
But um, I read this book last week when I was in Florida at a convention, and it's phenomenal. They did a really good job. So Dick Grayson is one of my favorite characters. I thought about naming my son Grayson, but I didn't like the sound of Grayson Harrelson, both ending in S-O-N, so that's a bummer. Um, I mean, it's not a bummer, I guess. Luke is a fucking awesome name because Luke Skywalker is a fucking awesome character. But, um, yeah, read Nightwing. If you like Batman, if you like uh, his family of characters, read that. And I haven't gotten around to Flash number two yet, but again, I'll probably be reading that later on today. But you won't be hearing about it. Sorry, maybe I'll share my thoughts on the Facebook page. While I'm talking about that, don't forget, even with the podcast shifting from a weekly format, you can always follow us on Facebook and Twitter at What's Kraken or What's Kraken Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Harrelson. It used to be Chris N. Harrelson, but I've removed the N because somebody had the at Chris Harrelson name, but now they don't anymore, so I get it fucking for myself. So on Twitter, at Chris Harrelson or Zombie Chris Harrelson on Facebook, and you can follow my company, Heroes on Hand, on Facebook or Twitter, or at HeroesOnHand.com, where you can view all of our roster and our upcoming appearances and all that shit. While we're talking about Heroes on Hand and comics, we've added a new client to our roster, Dusty Higgins, illustrator and uh, comic book artist. He has worked with the aforementioned Robert Venditti on his Miles Taylor and the Golden Capes book. Um, at books, actually, those are there's a series now. Um, he does great work on those, and he did Pinocchio Vampire Slayer with my friend Van Jensen. So you can check out a little bit more about Dusty on HeroesOnHand.com. If you want to go straight to his page, it's HeroesOnHand.com slash Dusty, and you can see his uh, a little bit of his work and his bio and stuff. Um, but we're really happy to have Dusty on board. He's a tremendous comic book artist. He's based in the South in Arkansas, so hopefully we'll be doing some conventions with him very soon. Happy to have you on board, Dusty. And speaking of conventions, I have not yet added it to the site, but it appears that I will be once again appearing at PalmCon in West Palm Beach, Florida. I love PalmCon. It's run by my friend Martin Piero of Cosmic Times Comic Book Publishers. So check out Cosmic Times Comics as well. Uh, But Martin throws a great event. Um, It's right near the beach in West Palm Beach. Um, I love the crowd down there. The fans are fantastic. There's a really cool district that you can go like hang out and uh, you know have a fun evening, you know, good nightlife and shit. It's called like City Walk, I think. And uh, yeah, that will be uh, September 24th and 25th, I believe. It is the fourth weekend in September, if I'm correct. Yeah. So uh, if you happen to be in the West Palm Beach or South Florida area, please come see me. They put on a great show. Uh, it's very family friendly. They have excellent comic book artists, um, great guests, and uh, our other client, Samantha Newark, the voice of the original Gem from the Gem uh, and the Holograms 1980s animated series, will be there as well. So please stop by and say hello to both myself and Samantha. We would love to see you at PalmCon. And again, that will be added to the Heroes on Hand site very shortly. Well, guys, we're running a bit long, so I think I'm going to have to go ahead and cut it short, guys. I've got some things that I need to do today. got some errands I need to run, and I have a contractor coming to my house to look at some things that need to be done. So I'm going to have to cut it off here, guys. Thanks so much for joining me on this mostly weekly ride for the past 27 episodes. Sorry things are going to have to change in the future, but I guess that's the nature of life, right? Uh, Things change and things progress, and sometimes we have to let certain things go in order to do other things that need to be done. Uh, We're not going away forever, you know? I'll be doing this at least once a month. I think a monthly show would be a really good uh, way to connect with everybody and uh, 
give it a little more room to breathe instead of having to throw together a podcast every single week. It can be longer because uh, I can just take like one day to do it, you know, instead of like trying to shovel shovel it all into like a morning before I have other shit that needs to get done. So, um, you know, keep an eye on the What's Cracking feeds on Twitter and Facebook and on my other pages, and I will definitely keep you updated uh, on how things are going to change. Also, don't forget to keep up to date with Droids Canada. They will uh, be able to let you know the format as it changes a little bit. Uh, don't forget to follow all their shows. They got Droids Canada, Drink It in the Park, Doctor Who Dark Journey, and of course, Real or Jabroni Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to check out our friends Dave and Creech show. They have some excellent interviews on there. Two hilarious guys. Listen to the banter uh, between those cats. It's a, it's a good program. And don't forget about Mark Who 42 as well. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys, each and every one of you, for listening. Thanks so much for all your feedback and, for again, for being here with me on this entire journey. And I appreciate each and every one of you. I will talk to you in the very near future. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend, and I will holler at you later. Peace! Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums, ready to race to you. These days are all happy days. These days are all share them with me. Goodbye, gray sky, hello, blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, you can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long.